knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome again, everybody, to another edition of Poker Action Line. I'm Big Dave Lemon, along with my partner, Joe Rodriguez, uh, who uh, has been with me since the very beginning on this <laughs> yes, program. We have. It's pretty amazing. We've had a great partnership here, sir. And we're closing in on uh, eight total years of doing this show and uh, had Seems a lot of like fun yesterday. along the way. Really Seems does. like yesterday, man. Met a lot of great people, talked to a lot of great players along the way, uh, covered some excellent tournaments, uh, seen some... Uh, great poker uh, series and tournaments, uh, and a couple that were not so good, uh, or were good at one time and went down the tubes, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know if we'll touch on that tonight or not, but uh, a few things we want to talk about this evening. There's some late uh, uh, December tournaments uh, underway and finishing up mostly as we roll down toward Christmas. Uh, we were talking last week about uh, High Lie and how the year, the week between Christmas and New Year was big. What about poker rooms? Uh, does it start to slow down maybe when people are doing more shopping, maybe after Black Friday gets out of the way and uh, people have those couple of weeks? Uh, do people get away from the poker rooms or are they out of school, out of work, and playing more poker? Well, I can tell you from my experience, Dave, you know, Poker starts slowing down in August, especially here in South Florida, because kids are usually going back around the middle of August, third week of August, they're going back to school. So poker is pretty good up until the, the start of August when parents are starting to, to do this or they're taking their last vacation with their family. So you start seeing a, a decline in your, in your income, you know, into, in your rake in August. Plus, plus, you're not getting any of those uh, 12-year-old kids uh, coming into the room uh, because they're back. To, it's a school night. They have to go to bed early. Yeah, well, remember, the poker room, they're never allowed <laughs> no, in no, there, I'm even kidding. at 18. I'm, I'm joking. <clears throat> but September, usually the first week of September is not a bad week. And then September, you know, starts nosediving, and October is brutal. October is just a brutal month. What's happened in the poker room, this is, I mean, you could almost set your clock to it. Uh, November comes along. You're starting to get a lot of the snowbirds down here. And then it, you know, the room starts really picking up in the beginning part of November. It slows down just as you approach Thanksgiving, you know, because people, family, you know, coming into town or going out of town. But, and then once, you know, Black Friday hits up until about the 10th or the 11th of December, at least this was the pattern for all the years I was at Miami Highlight. It's not quite as good as, as November and nowhere near as bad as October, but you definitely see a drop in your rake for like, you know, the, the two to three week period there. But right around the 14th, 15th, 16th of December, like clockwork, like I said, all of a sudden the room picks up to where you're getting an extra two, three, four tables. And I just attributed it to the fact that People are finally got their most of their Christmas shopping, holiday shopping out of the way, and they're in good spirits because the New Year's coming up and Christmas and everything else. And you, you know, December from the middle of December on was is always a great month. And from Christmas to like the first week of January is outstanding. And and for most casinos also, you know, for most casinos, 
especially down here, I would imagine, you know, because of the numbers that I've seen, that the week of Christmas to, you know, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day is usually the best best week of the year uh, income-wise and revenue-wise for, for most casinos. I know it was a great week for us in poker. And like I said, it, it, this is like a it, – it's like watching a flow chart, Dave, because we have – Middle of December till about the 7th, 10th of January, where it's really good. And then for some reason, the rest of the month of January gets very slow. And then you really start picking up in February, March, April, May, June. You know, that's where you get your cycle going in there at that point. So, and being that we're on opposite seasons, we've been getting a ton of South Americans down here. You know, we're starting our winter, quote, in, in the United States while they're starting their summer. Well, I, the reason I bring it up is uh, the scene here in South Florida was pretty uh, steady for a while, and normal uh, tournaments and that you could kind of count on. And, and things have been changing recently, uh, especially with the proliferation of the Seminole Hard Rock and how much they're doing there and how big their tournaments have been. Um, the Isle Casino always had four tournaments. Uh, uh, in January, basically, was uh, the Isle Classic. Then about March, they would have the Battles at the Beaches, and you roll into the summer, you have the Florida State Poker Championship, and then you'd have the Isle Open maybe around October or so. So that was pretty uh, same under Mike Smith. Stan Strickland came in, made some changes, kind of uh, changed gears to the well, smaller poker player. The 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 not didn't have as many big events, and uh, allowed for a lot more smaller tournaments to to attract a different crowd. Meanwhile, the, the Hard Rock is exploding. No question about it. Now uh, the Seminole Coconut Creek gets a circuit event that was formerly at uh, West Palm Beach. Uh, things are all changing. So um, I wanted to get your evaluation of what just happened at the Isle, which is they moved the Isle Classic, which was normally the first tournament of 2000, would have been the first tournament of 2018. They moved it up to the first couple of weeks of December. Now, as you say, a bit busy time kind of uh, at the tail end of that. But the other thing they did was usually you have the main event right toward the very end after a bunch of preliminary tournaments. They moved the main event to the very beginning. So now it's the first week in December. Now, um, I don't know why they did that. I'm sure they have their reasonings for that. And I can't find why because okay. uh, there's, they're not talking over All right, yeah. And, and there's a reason. You know, the dynamics... From when Mike Smith ran that and when Stan Strickland came in. But I think Stan, you know, foresaw what was about to happen, that the hard rock was going to explode, going to get bigger, and it was going to affect the tournaments that they were running. You know, and now with Coconut Creek literally up the road from them and them, and them getting stronger into the game now, I think Stan did the right thing by going for the lower level tournaments. I don't know. I, you know, I've, I haven't kept up with their with their figures. Uh, on well, the their state. numbers are down, and but uh, that's the when, thing. Have you seen their numbers? Is it down to seven hundred thousand from a million? No. Or is it down to nine twenty, nine thirty? Yeah, I would say it's more. Okay, like so guess what? And again, I, I know you texted me earlier. Did 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 yeah, what Stan you said did, happen? Yeah, Stan got let go. The, okay, so uh, last week. Listen, nine hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty. If you're a casino manager, yes, it's a, it's a drop of seventy thousand. You're you're looking at, you know, a little less than than a uh, million dollars a year less that you're earning, okay. But when you take into account, you know, the explosion as you mentioned uh, just a little while ago of the Hard Rock, Coconut Creek stepping up big time to the plate, you know, as another seminal property, okay. West Palm Beach being about 
40, 50, 60 miles away, and, and at that time they were still doing the WSOP. Now the Hard Rock has it along with the WPT. You know, I think Stan saw that, and if their drop was only 70000 you know, and it seems like a lot of money, but your room is still producing over $900,000 a month, and you were, you know, you weren't one of those rooms that did 1.2, 1.3. You were consistently around a million dollars. Considering what the competition has done to, you know, to get up to the front of the line, I don't see that as bad. So I don't know if Stan's being let go was so much as far as uh, you performance. Know, performance as it might have been, uh, you know, having uh, different you know, logics as to how they can improve and uh, how they can maybe make up that 70000 And, you know, listen, I've been saying it on the air for many years. The day that the Hard Rock wants to become that 800-pound gorilla, you know, all the rooms in South Florida are going to suffer. Yeah. And maybe that's what they're starting to do now. You know, maybe they're getting to that point. Maybe they're starting to address that so they can be that by the time the the new hotel and, you know, all those beautiful new things that they're building over there, Dave. I would be worried. I would definitely be worried. You know, they're only, what, 10, 15 miles away from the Hard Rock. And like I said, the Coconut Creek is a couple of miles right up the road from them. You know, Stan had to see that. And I think it's an impressive. If it, the numbers you're telling me are correct, around 920, 930 a month still, those are still very impressive numbers in this market down here. And especially now dealing, you know, we constantly on our show talk about this this tournament happened at the Hard Rock, this over here. You know, it, it definitely affects you. I thought he came up with a very good idea to try to offset that, you know, with the smaller limit, bringing in a different style, a different type of uh, poker player. Um, again, without knowing all the uh, ins and outs of what happened, I don't know for yeah. what reason he got let go. Well, I guess we'll find out eventually. I went by there last week to see what I could find out. Uh, when you look back a little bit at uh, Mike Smith's tenure there, and uh, what a great job. We, Mike was on the show with us a lot. We really liked him. All the players loved Mike. Um, he had a, a top tournament staff of guys, uh, you know, tournament directors. He had Tony Burns at night, who has since obviously gone on to the Seminole Hard Rock and, and done a great job there. Uh, during the day, at Jason Heidenthal, who went with Mike up to Maryland Live. Uh, that left, uh, that put Ralph Brandt in place after Tony left uh, to basically be the tournament director. And then there's a couple other guys around that, uh, that, that do a nice job. Dave Berman is a good friend of ours. Uh, Vinny. Uh, well, I Gatto, know Vinny, Vinny Gatto. Gatto. Uh, <clears throat> now, I don't know if any of these guys are being considered now to take over this room. I, I asked them, and really nobody was talking. I couldn't pry their lips open with a crowbar, to be honest. But uh, we'll find out eventually uh, when the when the, the, the dust clears and, and things shake out a little bit, and we'll find out what's happened. And my only reason for thinking they moved the Isle Classic to the first two weeks of December is due to the fact that the Hard Rock has come out with their poker tournament schedule. And I remember last year, Coconut Creek kind of ran one with them, and I'm sure their numbers were way down off of that. And, again, you mentioned Mike Smith. You know, for people who don't know what South Florida is about, okay, Dave, not only is he a great guy, he was a great manager, trained a lot of great people that have gone on to other tremendous jobs. But if you remember correctly, Mike was his property, the Isle, was the first property to give a million-dollar guarantee down right, here. Right, right. And everybody had their eyes wide open going, oh, my God, what did this man do? We even had him on our show. He, had a, he only had a million-dollar guarantee with two days of buying in. Right. I remember when he came on the show, he says, oh, my God, we were dying after day one. But they wound up covering it and going over their guarantee. 
and I'll be honest with you, I think that's the catalyst that, you know, the people, the top heads at the Hard Rock saw, well, hell, if they could do that, you know, we could start planning to do something like that and, and, and go then even, they came up with and come t- even stronger than that. And then they came up there with their $10 million guarantee. Exactly. So, but you got to give all the, in my opinion, I give all the credit in the world to Mike Smith because he, you know, he had the foresight to see it, went through with it, got the backing of the aisle company, and I know they've sold the, uh, the managing, uh, you know, the people, the owners of the aisle have sold it to somebody else. That could also could be why Stan Strickland may have been let go. Yeah, very possible. You know, but... You know, he did such a great job and, and, and was able to see into the future and saw the, the, the possibilities that other people were afraid to see or even tackle to see if we could get to that point. And Mike Smith did it. He, you know, put his ass on the line and, and it came through. And that's probably one of the main reasons the people at Maryland Live brought him up there. Yeah, well, I don't think it feel in personally uh, from what I've seen, and I don't know all the ins and outs of the business, and I don't look at the numbers as close as a lot of people do. But uh, he did not have a rapport with the players. There's no question about it, uh, like Mike did. Uh, he was a guy who stayed in the office, wasn't out on the floor that much. Uh, I didn't like him personally because he was not uh, forthcoming with the media. Uh, he was afraid of everything. He had to go through all their upper people uh, in PR and that sort of thing. And, you know, I mean, I had established some pretty good trust with a lot of people there at that at the facility, and I was a little bit insulted about that. But I could have got past that. Uh, the thing that I want to say that I think sums it up in a sentence is, Right after he was let go, I wanted to get a little reaction from a lot of players who play in a lot of the events there and play there regularly. And uh, when I mentioned uh, Stan Strickland got let go, and almost to a person, they were like, who? They didn't even know who he was. They didn't. I tried to describe what he looked like. These guys had no idea what he was all about. Uh, and let me. And tell what you, does that say about you? To me, that says. And listen, I've spoken with some of his staff that I know Warren very happy with him. He wasn't. You know, he was so polar opposite to Mike Smith. You know, when you take over a room like that, you know, you've, you've got to earn the trust of your staff first of all. You got to make your customers know that you care about them as much as the previous manager did, and it just may not have been in his personality. Now, remember, Stan came in from. You know, Atlantic City. The Borgata. And when I, you know, I, I, I get tired of saying this here, but it's South Florida poker is so different than any other place in the country. The only other place that could come close to it because of the tables that I saw there would probably be California right. because they're running so many tables. And to be honest with you, I'm not up as to what their their high hands are. But, you know, uh, I remember Parks Casino, which is probably revenue-wise the biggest casino in the Northeast, <clears throat> and they put out a, a, an ad that I know had to cost them about $50,000 on, on, in card player, okay, for one of their issues uh, last year, telling everybody how they were going to be giving away, you know, 150000 in this month in free in uh, high hands and, you know, promotions. You know, there are rooms down here that give more than that away in a, in, in a week. You understand? Right. And you're giving away, you know, if, if, you're, earning, if you're earning like the aisle. Let, let's just round it off to a million dollars, you know, in revenue. You're raking between four eighty to five fifty, five seventy in jackpot money, and you're giving that all out at the end of the month. So, giving away one hundred and fifty, they were looking at a three hundred dollars an hour for selected hours on selected days, and the total would have been that. 
Can you imagine giving out $300 an hour down here at no. any of the rooms? Yeah. Even Dania, who doesn't produce the revenue, comes even close to, to the revenue, is giving away a lot more than that in, in a month. Yeah. You know, so... Well, what my my question to you then, I guess, is uh, not... Not really. I, I agree that you don't know the ins and outs of the people behind the scenes. You probably have not even been in that room for 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 a couple of years. But uh, you know the business. You know some of the guys. Dave Berman is a great guy who I think would do a tremendous job. Uh, you're friends with Vinny Gatto. I think Vinny uh, would would be a great and 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 I say this because Dave and I work together with uh, the PPC over there. Dave's personality and and you know. Is, he was great with me, but I know Dave, you know, with the style, you know, the style he, he seems like the guy that I worked with 25, 30 years ago that, you know, it's my way or the highway and I don't give a, you know, I don't give a damn about how yeah. you feel about this. Well, you know, Vinny is, is from everything that I remember from Vinny and knowing him. He's a little more, you know, people-oriented than Dave is. Well, I've also had people that play at the room that said they'd like to see Ralph Brandt get the job. Now, uh, with that status of that room, the kind of numbers that they do, uh, kind of status they used to have maybe uh, four years ago under Mike Smith, uh, would they go out and, and surpass some of these guys who've been on the staff for a while well, they and bring did. in some huge name from somewhere else? They did it with Stan. They did it. Right. So there's no reason. Now, granted, that was the it's previous. It's a different company. It's a different company now. But, you know, their history has indicated that that's what they'll do. You know, uh, they know they have a good thing there. And if, and if you get somebody who comes in with innovative ideas and, and everything else and, you know, wows management with his ideas on how they can get back that 60, 70, 80,000 in revenue that they've lost a month, which, like I said, adds up to a million dollars in the year. And maybe exceed that. I mean, you know, we when we started this show, it was either West Palm Beach Kennel Club or the Isle. They just kept alternating on who was number one in the state. Obviously, now Jacksonville, revenue-wise, has been the number one, but they've combined three areas there and have turned it into a huge room. You know, that being said, they don't have to deal with a hard rock. Right. You understand? They, they, don't, they don't have that, that beast anywhere near them. So, you know, the, it, it, it's, it's like being the only predator in the jungle and nobody else is around to kill the prey. You're, you're going to feast and you're going to get very fat. Right. Okay. The, the Hard Rock had not stepped up to the plate like it has over the last few years when the Isle and, and West Palm Beach were fighting for their numbers. Obviously, we never get, when we don't have access to their public numbers for their room going back those days. But, you know, the talk of town, Dave, was always the Isle, West Palm Beach, the Isle, West Palm Beach. And everybody else fell in line behind them, you know, doing, if you, like I did, I was averaging close to half a million dollars a month. You know, Magic City was doing 600 and change, almost 700,000 a month, which is outstanding numbers. Uh, you had Gulfstream doing about half a million at that time. So, you know, the wealth was kind of being spread around, but, you know, the big boys were the island and West Palm Beach, and then the Hard Rock decided, all right, <laughs> we've got a much nicer facility. Let's, you know, somebody up there made the call. All right, let's start pushing this. And it has affected, you don't really hear about any kind of destination tournament, you know, uh, anywhere else. Uh, the aisle no longer the aisle no longer gives those guarantees like they used to. Right. You know, for whatever reason. Well, which the way, business has changed. <clears throat> the business has changed. 
if you don't cultivate new players, Dave, the, the business has only one option right. is to go down and through attrition you're going to have you're going to have casinos that are eventually going to have to close their rooms because they can't compete with the dollar amounts and what they do give out exceeds what they're taking in and rake and what they're paying in, in salary. You know, companies will only put up with that for so long before they just close the doors. On and poker. and to, to put it a, a face on it, uh, Miami High Lie uh, closed. Uh, Calder closed because of reasons uh, that had to do with horse racing. Mm-hmm. Gulfstream Park is still, uh, you know, doing about the same, uh, flying under the radar, as is Hylia, who uh, has pretty much uh, hasn't lost a tremendous amount of business from, from the tournament scandal that they had uh, under Nelson. But they are doing okay there, and uh, they have their special niche down in that area with a heavy Latin crowd. Uh, I heard that Pete Arsenis is not at uh, Mikasuke anymore. Sandra Avila. Uh, yes, they got rid of Pete there. a few months ago. Yeah, that's been They a cut the staff from 60 to 30 yeah. in the poker room. Okay, I know because my brother-in-law works there. He was a, he was one of the one of the few to survive it. We actually had some of their dealers came to work at Dania. Now some of them are working uh, down at the Homestead one, you know. And supposedly they're doing quite well over there in Homestead. But uh, up here in Broward, we have uh, Coconut Creek doing very well under Pablo Perez that you uh, know very well. And uh, Dania, you know, carving out some sort of niche there uh, under It under, is, and they, uh, were doing, they were doing a lot better when, when uh, Mardi Gras, you know, was closed due to, you know, due to the hurricane and the tornado that hit their building. But and they are open again as of And, uh, and from what 1st. I understand, they're running 15, uh, somebody told me they uh, had 15 live cash games. You know, Dania, and it's, uh, and it, in the year that I was there, you know, Never does that. We did eight, nine on certain days, and it wouldn't last because some of those were the uh, two, four, which now they've increased to three, six to, to guarantee more of a rake. You know, but once their promotional hour ends, their big promotional hour ends, you know, the room dries down to nothing. Yeah. And they can't afford to do that. They they have put so much money into it. It's 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 admirable and amazing how they've tried to 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 make that room something special because I know being a supervisor there, I know the number. They, for some reason, keep a concurrent number from day one, which they shouldn't because it has nothing to do with anything. But, you know, the the numbers that they give out to just try to compete to earn a hundred and whatever, a hundred and something that they're earning a month there, trying to get to 200000 Dave, it's, it's just very difficult. Okay, well, I think we should do a show uh, and compare uh, maybe what's happening now here in the winter compared with the summer. Uh, we'll go back and look at some of those numbers from last year and see what the differences are at some of these rooms and uh, talk about it here. But I'm going to switch things up to a more national scale. When we come back, we'll look at some recent results, and we'll talk about some of those. Also want to have uh, a little look at the Player of the Year races which are winding down here toward the end of the year, and uh, another brief conversation that we had before the show about uh, things to look for to help your game and get better. Uh, All this tonight on Poker Action Line. We hope you'll stick around. We'll be back after these messages uh, and right after this. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. 
Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire. Ah, uh, humbug. With great astonishment, Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. <gasps> oh. What do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here, another edition of Poker Action Line. Uh, last week when we were on the show, we were looking at the Five Diamond Classic out at the uh, Bellagio out in Las Vegas. Uh, was coming down to the final table. Well, they finished things up out there, and Ryan uh, uh, Tosak, I guess you pronounce it. I'm really not sure. I have never heard his name pronounced. But he was the winner. Uh, Ryan uh, won uh, $1.958 million. Damn. Uh, $10,000 buy-in tournament, uh, 812 entries, which was even topped last year, which was a huge tournament last year when they had 787, I think. Uh, 812 entries and just a massive prize of almost $2 million for Tosak, who finished second in the event last year. So uh, between the two tournaments, he's won like $3 million, more than $3 million in, over the past two years. I'm going to put money down that he's going to play it again next I year. I would think. <clears throat> he's 27 years old, a uh, Las Vegas resident out there. Alex Foxen, um, who's had a couple nice showings down here in South Florida at the Hard Rock, uh, finished in second place. Michael Del Vecchio, former WPT champion, finished in third. 21-year-old Sean Perry, who turned 21 on the first day of the main event, uh, finished in fourth place, uh, over a half a million dollars. Not bad for 21. Not bad at all. And uh, a local South Florida player here, Richard Kirsch, who plays uh, on the circuit around uh, the country, finished in uh, sixth place, 271000 um, for uh, his sixth place finish there. We were watching that last week, came down to the very end. Uh, uh, Tosak had a, about a three to two chip advantage over Foxen, and they battled for 49 hands, uh, which is a pretty long time. Uh, Queen 10. Uh, was Tosak's winning hand uh, when he uh, picked up the straight uh, down the stretch. King, 9-3 on the flop, and then a couple of jacks uh, to give him. (laughs) So not just one, but two to rub it in? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Fox had had ace-10, by the way, so he he needed that queen, didn't have it. Anyway, uh, that finished up uh, that event, and that's really the last big event until uh, first of the year here. 
on the WPT. We'll keep an eye on what's going on there uh, after the first of the year. But uh, that runs down uh, the big uh, events for the season over there, and they'll move their course in, the, in their season 16. So that kind of overlaps both uh, parts of the year, but uh, they are moving on there. Also, uh, another popular champion, a guy who plays a lot here in South Florida at a lot of tournaments, Jared Jaffe won the uh, main event of the WSOP circuit event at the Bicycle in uh, Los Angeles, California. He uh, defeated a field of 780, I'm sorry, 687, and uh, won 211,000. Uh, he does have a bracelet uh, in his uh, repertoire and several million in live tournament earnings, but he's a guy who, uh, big guy, and, uh, you know, always laughing and smiling and joking around. Uh, said he uh, had good friend uh, Sam Panzica, who uh, has won some tournaments down here, that said uh, and told him that, he said, you're going to have to bring me back a, a, a lucky souvenir from Asia from your trip to Asia, or I'm going to make you give me a Bitcoin. <laughs> so we know how, uh, how well those are doing. Anyway, um, he did get that, and he used that, and it uh, gave him some luck, and he, and he picked up the win there. Uh, Brennan Baksh was second. Kelly Minkin, who I have interviewed on the show before, she's from uh, Phoenix area, a uh, great female player. She finished in third place, Aaron Fry. Edward Liu and Mike Eskandari rounded out the uh, official final table for the bike in Los Angeles. Um, other tournaments there, there was a big high roller tournament, uh, 3250 buy-in, won by Andrew Wisdom, which is a pretty good poker name. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Van Sanford, who uh, is originally from Colorado Springs but lives here in Miami, finished in third, and he also won a ring earlier in the tournament, winning a 360 buy-in event. Uh, earlier in that set. Uh, the WSOP is in China right now, uh, the first ever WSOP China. And we know how much uh, you know they're looking to expand around the world, and, and we're very excited about putting this together. Fourteen events kicked off with the first one earlier today. Of course, they're way ahead of us uh, on the clock, but uh, they will have, uh, they're playing at the uh, Shangri-La Resort and Spa, which is in Sanya. Heinen uh, is the uh, region, and uh, Chris Moneymaker is playing in this event, but uh, most of these players are Chinese players who uh, you probably haven't heard of. Uh, Tencent Poker is uh, putting on a lot of these events. There's a huge uh, online poker event involved in that, and uh, they are underway. So next week we'll take a look and see if any of your favorites uh, moved in. But uh, the only thing I took away from looking at the chip leader list was uh, Liang, L-I-A-N-G, must be the Smith of China. Because <laughs> there's several guys uh, with that name. Anyway, uh, we'll keep an eye on some of these tournaments. Uh, we we want to take a look at some of the Player of the Year races also. Uh, those are winding down. We talked about it very briefly last week, but uh, I did want to mention that because, uh, you know, obviously these are some of the big names that we follow all year long. And uh, Bryn Kenny leading two of the major ones right now. I think I mentioned that last week. Um, but I was looking at some of the uh, the write-ups about some of these guys and what they've done this year. It's pretty amazing. Bryn Kenny has made over $8 million this year. Uh, sometimes you can do that in one or two events because you look down in eighth place, Stefan Sondheimer, who had the huge breakout poker masters, won, uh, I think, two events there and had two other uh, deep, deep finishes 
Uh, he has made $6.7 million, but he's only eighth on the uh, points list. Uh, Adrian Mateos from Spain uh, is second. But looking at Kenny, he, uh, um, he made 22 final tables this year. So that means he was in a definite zone for most of the year. Right. And I would imagine that he probably didn't use his own money for any of these tournaments. Well, I'm wonder. sure he got bought in on these things. I mean, w- at one point, uh, when you've won a couple of big events and taken some big payoffs, do you start uh, investing in yourself and, and not having to pay back any of the money that you win if you're playing that well? Well, that would think about it. If you've made that amount of money, yeah, you would think that that's what you want to do. But if you've accumulated... You know, let's say three, four million dollars in tournaments through backers. You may want to step up to one or two tournaments, but remember, some of these guys are playing in a hundred thousand dollar buy-in tournaments. Yeah, a lot, they, a lot of the money. You know, you play in fifty, twenty-five, a hundred thousand. The travel expenses, the living expenses. The, you know, we're hearing all these great numbers, Dave. We don't know how his cash game has gone. Right. You know, he could be winning a lot more if he's done really well. He could be losing. We don't know how much of that $8 million is actually his. You know, when I hear these reports, you know, speaking with some of the guys that I know that are playing in big tournaments and won big money, you know, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because, you know, right. not all of that is their money. And if they've had ba- uh, makeups in there, now you get somebody like Bryn Kenny and some of the top names, you know, they may take one or two shots with somebody else's money and then walk away because they don't want to be in a makeup situation. And, and maybe they let them know right off the bat, yeah. hey, listen, you know, you're going to get 50, 60, but, you know, however the percentage breaks down as to, you know, the, the you know related to their talent, how well they believe they're going to win this, you know, why start risking your money when you could be playing on somebody else's dime and still earning if you get lucky? Right. That's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> just following this down a little bit, Adrian Mateos is from Spain, 23 years old, had 18 final tables this year. Fedor Holtz uh, still around, uh, not playing as much as he was, but he had 13 final tables Without this playing year. as much, that tells you what a great player that main event winner is. He had four titles this year, cashed for uh, over $6.2 million this <laughs> year. Uh, these are all numbers uh, that are just uh, unbelievable how much money is out there. Karai Aldemir, probably one of the lesser-known players on this list, is in fourth. Justin Bonomo, uh, 15 final tables this year with two titles. He is in fifth. Jason Kuhn is in sixth. David Peters, who was player of the year last year, uh, is in seventh. Sondheimer, who I mentioned, uh, the breakout player this year, is in eighth place. Number nine is Reiner Kempe, uh, who... uh, had 13 final tables this year. He's in ninth. Stephen Chidwick, 10th. Benjamin Pollock, 11th. Dan Smith, who just won a huge tournament out there uh, at the uh, Bellagio, is in 12th place. And I'll just mention uh, a couple guys who play here a lot locally. Jake Schindler is 19th. Ari Engel is 20th. Joe McKeon, the former uh, world champ, is in 18th place for the season. Joe's so a hell of a he's player. He's followed it up pretty well. Joe really impressed the hell out of me when he won his main event. You know, how <laughs> methodical he was and how he just had the chip lead and did great stuff with it. And, and he's had success in other tournaments since the main event. So right, no question. I, I have a feeling we'll be ta- as long as we're on the air, we're going to be talking about him a lot going forward. Uh, looking at the Global Poker Index Player of the Year, which is a little bit different. I think it goes back a little bit farther. But uh, still, Kenny is uh, number one on the list. Mateos, number two. 
Chidwick all the way up in third place, Aldemir fourth. Nick Petrangelo, who I didn't mention earlier, is in uh, fifth place. Dan Smith, Stefan Schilhabel. These are the GPI rankings? This is the GPI rankings, which go back a little bit farther. Stefan Schilhabel, Dario Sammartino, Darren Elias, and Sondheimer are, are finished out so, the top So what, what name had that, that we usually see over the last few years, at least, mostly in the top five and at least in the top ten? I don't know if he was there last year, but I remember we always talk about it is Jason. Yeah, he's maybe well, his the married life and having a having baby. Having a baby, I think he's not playing as much lately. I don't know. Uh, he was playing quite a bit before the baby came, but uh, um, he's helping mama. Yeah, and, you exactly. know, listen, <laughs> you become a daddy for the first time. Uh, things things change. Things definitely change. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, just just looking at uh, you know all time uh, winners, uh, the money list here. I uh, just was looking at that very briefly. We know that uh, one tournament like uh, the Magician won $18 million at uh, the, the first uh, one-drop uh, tournament, which was a million-dollar buy-in. Uh, but number one now on the all-time list is Daniel Negreanu, back yeah. on top. Uh, Eric Seidel, second. Dan Coleman is third. Antonio Espandiari is in fourth place. Uh, Fedor Holtz uh, is uh, in uh, fifth place. So. There's your all-time money winners here on the poker. Yeah, tour. but how many times have we have we mentioned here? Uh, you know, how many bullets does Daniel fire into these tournaments? How many of them are his money? You know, yeah. I, like I said, those numbers are very impressive. People, oh my God! But you know, you really don't know how much of that money they actually get to keep. And um, you know, as a poker player, you know, you're you're playing in live games and at these at the level that these gentlemen play. And these poker players play at, you know, it's, it's, that's nosebleed section as, uh, as far as games are concerned. Well, let's take another break of the show. When we come back, we'll uh, expand on this little conversation we had before the show. I want to get some thoughts on Joe on things you can do to imp- improve your game. Not a whole list like we've uh, done in the past uh, few weeks, but kind of a, a little tip that you mentioned. And, uh, you know, it's kind of common sense, but you expanded on it on ways uh, how this can really help your game. So I want to do that when we come back. And we'll finish up with uh, maybe a look at some of the dealers and in, in dealing at the WSOP and, and a great article that I read from several years back, but uh, how a big tournament like that could be a little different for a guy who's used to dealing uh, at uh, maybe a local uh, casino here in Florida. Uh, we'll take this break. When we return, we'll talk about those things, and we hope you'll stick around. We can always pick up the show, uh, and we will run down some of these later, but uh, iTunes is always a great place to get the show uh, SoundCloud, great place to get the show, or our website at PokerActionLine.com. We'll be back after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick-six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker-playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, 
prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Hi, this is Steven for Red. We all got to party now and then, but we've got to let somebody else do the driving. Please don't drink and drive, and don't drive with somebody else who's been drinking. Thank you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. tuning us in. Uh, by the way, if you uh, pick us up on iTunes, we'd love to have you rate the show uh, while you're on there and uh, maybe leave a comment or two. I know a lot of people don't like to do much of that, but uh, certainly would help us if you if you like the show, leave a comment. If you don't like the show, <laughs> uh, wait for another week and uh, we'll come up with something better. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I did want to mention before we get into uh, this conversation, I wanted to mention that uh, Poker players do not want to be left out when they see things in the world of sports. And uh, apparently uh, there's a group called Neils for Deals. It's a consortium of uh, top pros, including uh, Dan Coleman, Daniel Negreanu, Phil Helmuth, a few others. And uh, they want to pledge their solidarity to American football players, basketball players, by kneeling next to the table during every tournament director's pronouncement to shuffle up and deal. <laughs> I guess it's easy to do because it only lasts about four seconds, but uh, they don't play the national anthem before poker tournaments, so you can't do anything with that. Uh, but they feel like Negrana said, we think it's an important issue, we want to do our part, uh, and it's uh, there's proof to be uh, some f- funny things that... Uh, Dan Coleman screwed up on it a couple times and went at the wrong time, and he said the key is going to be the mixture of preparation and timing to pull off the full kneel. Wow. Which is okay. kind of funny. The whole, well, I'm the happy, whole idea of this I'm happy they're funny. taking that social issue to heart and everything, but I think they might have been able to come up with something a little bit better They than said that. some of the dry runs have uh, yielded uh, protests, which consist of slight movements into a kneeling position. Unfortunately, these motions have given other players the impression that protesters are performing a curtsy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think, think they need to think it out better. There's really not one full time to do it. I, can, I guess uh, you know they'll have to uh, uh, have some kind of uh, note with the uh, tournament director that when he says it, they have some time to make sure that they uh, get down to the knee in time. Listen, it's certainly wanna, not going to. You want to do? You want to really do something that'll take notice when the director says shuffle up and deal? No one on the table for two or three minutes p- takes action. 
That, that, that would be a protest on the poker table. No one has to kneel. No one takes action. You, you kind of kill four or five minutes doing that protest and then, uh, then look at your cards and play the game. But I guess you've got to give them some credit that maybe they're trying to do something here. Uh, we mentioned, uh, I don't know if I mentioned Stan Strickland. We were talking about Stan Strickland. He's, he's a huge Alabama fan, so uh, that was another reason I didn't really like him much. But, uh, <laughs> is he, he, is he from Saban there? Fan. Is I think he, he is there? from Alabama, yeah. Okay. But, uh, well, that might explain his personality. <laughs> yeah, maybe. In fact, uh, but I was thinking, uh, you know, this week, of course, we had the big election in Alabama with uh, Roy Moore going down on Tuesday. Couldn't be, hap- couldn't be happier about that. But uh, uh, it was funny. There was I did see an article, and I think it was on ESPN.com, that said that they were looking into how many of the write-in votes had people actually voted for Nick Saban, because they have done that in previous elections. Uh, a few people making a joke and voting for Saban for governor or, or whatever the election was for. And uh, there were something like 22,000 write-in votes, and they were trying to see if the votes for Saban actually swor- uh, you know, changed the election outcome. Uh, but I think that uh, the, the totals were farther behind than the 22,000, so it wasn't the way, unless every person... Uh, you know that would have voted for, for Saban or somebody else would have yeah. voted for exactly more, for still, one of the other one of the other things. Which is certainly it's, it's funny how true. you say that. I don't know if you remember. You know, Reagan was probably in my lifetime, other than JFK, and I was a little boy when that happened. But the most popular president for what he did, Dave. And I remember when he was running for a re-election in 84, and I believe it was against Mike Dukakis from uh, Massachusetts. There was some comedy show on HBO, and I wish I could remember it to give it proper Probably credit. Probably the Daily Show. Probably not to give it credit on HBO, but it was, like a, it was like a makeshift commercial where it said, make Mike Dukakis president. He goes, no, elect Mike Dukakis president, make Ronald Reagan king. (laughs) So so let's see. Well, let's get to this little discussion, and uh, I'll I'll try to set it up as best I can because, uh, you know, you talked about uh, what you can do at the poker table, and that is after you fold and the players are still playing, that you need to pay close attention, and that's kind of common sense. It is common sense. See how people are playing, but you took it a little bit further and said – you know, there's certain ways where you can help improve your game and maybe even, um, you know, let you know what kind of uh, folds and raises you need to make against certain players when you see how they play. Uh, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, listen, like you said, common sense, pay attention at the table. As we all both know, down here, sometimes that's a big problem because a lot of the casinos are in paramutuals. People are making bets. We know that a lot of poker players are sports bettors, so they're watching the game. But let me tell you something, Dave. When I was getting so deep into poker, and this was, you know, you're talking now 26, 27 years ago. used to love reading card play, and I wish I could give the credit to the writer. I know I was a big Howard Letterer fan. With his advice, helped me with a lot of different things. But one of them, and it makes sense, but you don't really think about it until someone kind of puts it in your face. But, you know, he, he very simply said, listen, you know, you, for you to move up to the next level, and see how some of these great players back then, you know, and this is obviously many years before the the boom, is pay attention to the when you're out of the hand, watch everything that goes on between the players that are in the hand. You know, take note, take mental notes, and if not, write them down of who raised pre-flop, you know, who who just smooth called, uh, see what the how the action goes forward after the flop has come out. 
see what kind of flop. Is it a dry flop? Is it a very coordinated flop for straights and flushes? And then keep paying attention to how the betting structure, you know, is going with the check, call, or bet, raise, however it goes. And as soon as you see the first three cards and you're seeing how they're acting, as the turn card is coming out, you know, start doing an exercise of putting people on hands, you know. And I started mostly with the caller because the raiser, you know, could have different varieties and could just be doing a continuation bet. And you're going to get that information regardless, you understand. But when I see a caller just constantly calling and I look at the board and I'm going, all right, let me see what kind of hand he could call with that he called a raise pre-flop. And now after the flop, he's continuing into a decent-sized bet from the raiser, okay? Is he chasing a straight? Is he chasing a flush? It's, did he pair top pair with, you know, uh, a high kicker and he thinks that's good? And as they get to the river, you know, obviously you're never going to see the showdown every 100% of the time. But if it gets down to where it's called and turned over, in your mind before they get to that point, Start putting the players on hands. And as you, the more you pay attention to this, David, and you'll see how more accurate you start going because of the patterns of betting, how they handled this. And this is obviously you being at a table for a while and seeing how this is going out. And then you go, okay, I put, I got, I, I put this guy on the right hand finally. You know, I got him on the right hand. Watch him the next time he has a hand. See if he goes through the same pattern. From observing this, not only are you going to start getting better by putting your opponents on this and top Poker players already know this. He goes, but you're going to see how some of their betting patterns go. So in essence, what you're getting is a tell on these people, you know, and and it just comes from being, you know, from from observing the table, you know, not letting anything distract you on these players. And if you play in a certain in a casino at a certain level, more than likely you're going to be sitting with these same players, you know, in in, in the future. You're going to have them in there. And if you're able to make the mental notes and then write them down and say, okay, I saw this guy. I saw eight or nine hands of this guy get down the show. This is what he did. This is what he did differently when he didn't have the nuts or, or when he did have the nuts. And, you know, you, you start writing a book on your opponents. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to play in the same game, like the same ring game where it's the same 20, 25 players, you know, that – you know, nine of those guys are going to be sitting at the table with you or eight of those guys are going to be sitting at the table with you, you know, that's going to be a huge help. Because believe me, the top players in that group are already studying you when you're doing that. Right. So you've got to, you've got to you know, you want to mix up your game. Watch when, you, when your opponent does certain things and you, and you feel like, okay, he caught me on a semi-bluff, you know, right. at a weekend, and he just come in. Well, at that point, then, Maybe it's time for you to change up how you play your game. Right. But the history of most poker players is, you know, is, uh, they're creatures of habit. And they're going to continually do the same thing, especially in the lower level games. So if you're a beginning poker player, this is one of the things that you can do to elevate your, 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 your talent in the poker room on the poker table to start immediately showing a profit. Okay. That's something that needs to be worked on. I mean, you need to, you need to kind of practice at it's that, It's like right? any, other, any other thing. As an athlete, I'll use a sports metaphor. You know, you want to become the best free throw shooter. Well, you've got to keep shooting free throws in practice. You've got to do, shoot 100, 1,000 free throws to get your percentage when you're in the game. Well, poker's the same thing. The, the more information that you can process on your opponent's, you know, the more success you're going to have and, and the more information you're going to have to make 
tough calls and tough decisions you know going forward is can you do that online as well uh, i mean if you're not seeing the way they react you're not getting the physical tells but you see how they play and, and the reason and they exactly make and and i'm glad you asked that question because yes i i mostly play online now and i haven't gone to the the rules because of different reasons but yeah online i'm constantly putting two players on on hands and I love it when you I'm, make notes and write their names down. Uh, yeah, online. well, yeah, because you can click on, you can uh, right click on the box, and then and then a little drop box calls out and says player notes. And then the great thing is, you don't have to remember who that player is because once you've put a note on this player, and you hit save, whenever you sit down at, and let's say you just log in and right immediately you go, okay, I'm going to play in this game, boom, and it puts you on a table. You know, you select the table, boom, there's a little mark. So even though you may not play again with this player for six months, you could just hit right-click them, and you'll see, oh, you know, this guy's a crazy better, you know, raises with nothing, you know, pushes hands. This guy is a sneaky player, you know, slow plays, strong hands. You know, whatever you've observed, you make it in there, and then when one of these players that you've taken notes on sits at your table, you're going to know that you have a note on them. You don't need to remember it. Just go and click the box and... It'll, you'll have your own handwriting there to tell you exactly, you know, uh, you know the things that you've observed and that you wanted to keep uh, mental track of. Yeah. I guess it all depends on what your goals are in the game and how much you want to uh, keep getting better and maybe step up to the next level. A lot of people aren't going to make the effort to uh, to write make notes at a table uh, about certain players that they see because they figure, well, I'm not making a living at doing this anyway. Well, like I said, if you're a consistent player in the casino, even if you're not making a living at this, that this is social for you, or let's say to uh, you know add a little extra income, you know, hopefully if you're successful enough, just go back to our, when we had Jerry Yang on our show, main event winner. Now, granted, he was playing in a long-term tournament. But he was making notes, and he even said it on the air with us. He'd get up from the table and write in a little notebook on that player, you know, which helped him going forward when he was on the final table. And if you remember, I asked him a question, man, you made this move. Why? Which we weren't privy to on the show. He says, because I made a move on this guy, and he showed me his hand. So I knew that I could make this move on this guy based on previous information. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a main event winner there, guys. Doesn't get much better than that. Very interesting. Uh, people need to keep that in mind when they're uh, trying to uh, make th- make themselves better. Become observant at the table, and and you know when you're not in the hand, watch all the movements of the players, especially the ones in, you know the one. I'm not especially the ones that are in the hand. You will eventually start picking up certain tells, certain things that will help you when you have to face this opponent. Uh, had some interesting articles that I was going to discuss tonight. We'll save to next week. Uh, one was by Roy Cook. Uh, talked about uh, the relationship between players and casino staff and tipping and how that's involved. Uh, I'm sure you'll have some insight into that. Oh, definitely. Uh, also, uh, a dealer who wrote this uh, great article in Antioch Magazine uh, several years back, but it still has some very interesting points uh, you know, that what goes on at the WSOP winning or whining is the name of the article. And uh, we'll talk about some of that as well. When we come back, though, we'll finish things up with uh, the World Series of Poker schedule, which was released yesterday for 2018. We'll talk about a couple of changes. There's several new events. They keep getting bigger and better. And we'll uh, go, go over some of that stuff when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Uh, check us out on the Poker Fuse podcast page or on the Hold'em Radio Network. A couple of great places to pick up the show. Also, SoundCloud or Stitcher. Uh, go to iTunes and uh, 
subscribe to the show, and uh, we will uh, hope that uh, maybe make a few comments, and uh, and we'll get a little more recognition as we continue to grow here on Poker Action Line. We'll be back and finish up the program when we return. Dave and Joe with you here from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, as we finish up on uh, Poker Action Line. By the way, uh, that uh, Place Your Chips Caribbean uh, heading toward its uh, kickoff here uh, right around January 1st, as we mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago. And uh, as, I, as I know, it's still on track. So we will take a look at that and talk about more of that on the show a little later on. Anyway, the World Series of Poker schedule has been announced. And... Uh, we will take a look at that. Starts May 29th and will last through July 17th. Uh, one of the biggest changes, uh, there were a few extra events. They'll have 78 bracelet events this year. I can remember when it was in the 50s. Now it's up to 78. And uh, one of the big uh, changes is the start of the main event, which last year was right after the 4th of July. This year it's going to start on July 2nd, so it looks like... They may even play on the 4th uh, for one of the opening days. So uh, July 2nd through the 14th. And uh, piggybacking on that is also the fact that uh, there will be, I think, 12 events that will start after the beginning of the main event. So there will be a lot of stuff to do if you get knocked out of the main to stick around and play. Um, That's be smart. A, That's actually very smart. It will actually be the big one for one drop which will start after the main event is underway. Also a 600, I'm sorry, a six-handed no-limit Hold'em championship, $10,000 buy-in, a 50,000 high roller, and the closer, which is a tournament with a new tournament with a $1,500 buy-in, 15,000 starting chips, 30-minute levels. 
So there are nine new events uh, that will be played. Does it have the old-timers event there? Do you have it there? I know that the, uh, the Super Seniors... Well, I'm not, I don't qualify for the Super well, Seniors. Well, that's dropping to 60 from well, 65 still, to 60. Still, well, we, you're we close. Still, we you're still need a couple more years. You're getting close there, buddy. There you are. Trying to, <laughs> he's trying to say I'm old, Gio. <laughs> I'm old, He's, he's so trying to I say know. it in a nice way I, that I'm I old. I know what old is. Uh, but uh, I don't have the uh, the date for I'll that. I'm sure they have it on their website. Some of that is still to be released. That's, that's the one I'm going to try to target to get there this year. The nine yeah. new events, and this is interesting because uh, there is a $10,000 Super Turbo Bounty Tournament, which replaces the $10,000 Tag Team. I think there will still be a Tag Team, but just the 1500 uh, there will be a $100,000 high roller event, which is uh, something they haven't had. There's also, on the low end, there's going to be a, a 365 buy-in PLO Giant. Uh, some of the lowest-priced tournaments uh, were, the, were the Colossus at 565 So this is the first time they've gone as low as 365 But uh, there are a couple things like that. There is an online PLO six-handed event, 565 buy-in. It's also a uh, double-stack a $1,000 buy-in, a $1,500 bounty PLO, and a $1,000 double-stack no-limit hold'em, and then the closer that I mentioned, and also a $50,000 high roller. So there's high stuff, there's low stuff, there's more PLO, there's a bunch of new different things. Uh, the television schedule hasn't been announced yet, but uh, ESPN and PokerGo will provide uh, coverage. Most of the events will still get underway at 11 a.m., some at 3 p.m. weekend events will start at 10 a.m. and uh, they will be posting uh, the structure sheets beginning in January on WSOP.com and will start registration in March. Can I ask you, does it say when they expect to get down to the final table in, in July? Well, I'm going to guess that uh, about it's the about month? the 15th. Yeah, I, I just wondered whether, we know they played a certain amount, but they usually calculate, you know, the final day. Right. Based on, you know, yeah, I think they would be similar to that, but they haven't released all the details. This is the first time they're uh, coming out with any type of announcement. So uh, the first event held May 29th, which is about the same Colossus? as it was last year. Was it? Oh no, that's no, the I think dealer, it's like the casino, the employee, the employees, and then uh, I think the Colossus starts right after that. Okay. Anyway, good. we'll we'll uh, hear more about that as we move along. Uh, we'll save the Roy Cook article till next week. Also. Uh, Winning versus whining, which is, uh, we'll do a couple things. By the way, uh, we do plan to have a best of show running on the 27th, starting on the 27th. Give us a week off uh, between Christmas and New Year's. and Let uh, us get to the casinos and enjoy some of the... Uh... <laughs> exactly. But we'll do some of that stuff and we'll replay a couple of our better interviews that ran during the year. Look forward to that every year as well. Anyway, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Joe, thank you uh, for uh, your input to the show tonight. And Gio, thanks as usual for all your help. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, look forward to steering to next year. Again, we're still working on a few guests. Uh, Roy Cook would be a perfect one. i got to talk to him and get him on. I've loved, reading, I've, I've loved reading his article for years and Ed years Miller and years. is a guy I've been wanting to That's have That's another guy that I would love to get on. I, may, I had his number from his dad when I was up in Pensacola, but... Man, I, I hate this, the, that I misplaced it. So, been following uh, Neil Blumenfield uh, ripping Trump on uh, Twitter, so uh, he would be a fun guy to have on as well. Anyway, that's going to do it. We'll we ca- do have two shows left in the year, Big Dave. Yeah, the I know. year's not over yet. I know. We got right. uh, we got next a show week next live, week, a regular show, and then a uh, best of on the 27th, and we'll be back there. Thanks for everything, and 
Glad you uh, listened in. Hope you'll be with us next week as well for another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.